Listener Production. Whether it's a smoothie at 7am, French toast at 4pm or a bacon and egg roll at midnight, this is the podcast for you. It's delicious. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Yes, here we are on All Day Breakfast with Matt O'Kine and the most controversial figure in the Australian media, Alex Dyson, Mate. who told it like it was yesterday and oh. is now feeling the piping hot flames. Absolutely cancelled. You have been wiped off the radar today. Well, I'm not backing down because we did have a big discussion yesterday um, people have some big opinions, and we're going to be jumping into it in a moment, as well as a you know just a big old show, Matt O'Kine. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be chatting to a comedian who is well and truly making a name uh, in Australia at the moment, having a killer festival run at the Melbourne Comedy International Festival. Her name is Brody Snook. <laughs> what? Sorry, you just said the Melbourne Comedy International Festival. <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> Oh, it's That's, funny because, I mean, you also, you put your wedges into the sweet chili first. So I guess we both do things backwards <laughs> a bit now, don't we? Well, <laughs> you, you take, you retire from comedy, you start, I can see why, you're already forgetting. Anyway, we're um, we're both saying things that we regret here on um, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We've also got a big insiders today. We're going to be going behind the curtains of the people who come and help us when we've just... We've had a bit of a mare. It's paramedics. So yeah. a very special paramedic insiders is going to be happening as well today. Very, very excited. But let's get stuck into this chat, Alex Dyson. Let's settle this once and for all. Let's Sweet chilli or sour cream? Which oh. one gets the dip first? <laughs> it's Matt so- and Alex All Day Breakfast. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Tim Gazzola, Instagram. Mate. Who do you think you are dunking your wedge in sweet chilli, then sour cream? Everyone knows it's sour cream, then sweet chilli. It's absolute grubs like you taking basic pub etiquette down the gurgler. Wake up to yourself, champ. Bet you keep your tomato sauce in the pantry too, you freak. (laughs) Just one of the dozens of messages I woke up to today. Um, Mate, after a big rant dog yesterday uh, on the show, um, Patrice brought up wedges in pubs. Where have they gone? The conversation skewed a little bit and Matt O'Kine, uh, the Australian civil war is but moments away. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be a war between most of the country and like you and three other people. <laughs> Honestly, there is no war. I came into work today mm. with a spring in my step. I'll tell you that much. Floating on cloud nine, knowing the absolute flogging that you would have been getting while I had a very peaceful night's sleep. My phone didn't buzz once, and that's exactly how I like it. Well, the good thing I could take out of it is a lot of these messages are things like this. Chris, sorry, bro. I never agree with Matt on most of your debates, but he's 100% (laughs) right on the sour cream and then sweet chili. Then we've got... Hurts to part with Matt on something, but you're a flog for messing with the sour cream and chili order on wedges. You're taking the piss, rat dog. If you think the dip the wedges in the sweet chili first, you need to take a good hard look at yourself. I'm not backing down. I'm not backing down. Oh my god, you, stop it! You should. You, people saying I should take over for Richard Wilkins's crumb of the year. That's not on. All right. I think you've. I think you've nommed yourself. I honestly think. 
You've nomed well, yourself. Well, I'm not crumb backing down because Ash from Melbourne is on my side. G'day, Ash. Hey, how's it going? Good. Now, talk us through when you uh, first heard yesterday's All Day Breakfast podcast. Well, I was having a very good day until I heard one crumb, Matt O'Kine, saying that you absolutely have to dip it in the sour cream before the sweet chilli. Yeah. That's just not on. What are you talking about, mate? Listen up. I know I know you. I see you on Instagram, okay, Tokyo Goose. <laughs> I'm a big fan of your memes, all right, but your wedge etiquette is garbage, all right? You put sweet chilli on first and all you're doing, you might as well you might as well not even use a wedge. You might as well just take a spoon and dip it in the sweet chili and then just ram that into your sour cream bucket. Because it's that's all you end up with a bloody saucy car crash. Ash, Ash. Do you notice that this is what these kind of people like to say? <laughs> they act as if cross-contamination only works in one direction. Are you telling me that the sour cream's not going to plop into the sweet chilli and yes, make a white doesn't. mush if you do it the other way? Ash, what do you think? Oh, mate, if, if I'm going to the pub and I order a bowl of wedges, one of the few pubs that actually still does them, <laughs> as Patrice brought up, um, and some of, one of my friends asks if they can have some of my wedges, and I say, yes, sure, and then they're having two or three of my wedges and leaving my sweet chilli dish riddled with little dobs of sour cream that are impossible to scoop out because they then fall off the wedge because the sweet chilli sauce yep, yep, is lighter, yep. the sour cream is heavier, and it falls off of the wedge. Get him off! I can't get, get him off the sour phone! Cream. Get him off the phone! <laughs> He's speaking the truth. Get He's getting taken off, off for speaking Sarah? the truth. Sarah. Sarah. Yes. Sarah from Melbourne. Hello. Hello. Alex, I thought you were cool, man. Yes, thank you. You're wrong. Thank you. Go on then, explain yourself, Sarah. Why why is your method so much better than mine? Alex Dyson, I used to be your travel agent back in the day. (laughs) I've seen the world. Oh, Sarah. Well, I have taken your advice in the past (laughs) then. Exactly. Well, go on then. It just doesn't make sense. Because the sweet, the sweet chili, it's more of a liquid substance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's going to sit on top of the sour cream, run down nicely once you've dipped it in the wedge. Yes. You've All dipped right. your sour cream. Mm. All right. Now, I'm going to grant you this, Sarah and Matt, and the rest of the bloody crumbs listening. Sweet chili drizzled over sour cream is a more aesthetically pleasing way to eat a chip. But that's Correct. not how I do business. That's why what I wear tracksuit pants to work. Oh, okay, man. that's why I've got the joggers and jeans. All right, Sarah, all right? because you, I am a cerebral no. wedge Sarah, eater, and in order mate, to have to the best out. flavor <laughs> and the best, you need the listen best to your travel agents. You've got to go sweet chili first. Sarah, we need to book <laughs> this goose a bloody one way ticket to the moon. All right, that's all. <laughs> education. We need to send exactly. him somewhere where he can get some education. All right. Well, yeah, exactly. we appreciate it, Sarah. And um, once this whole pandemic's over, I'll be back in touch. But Good. Sarah, okay. you, you, on Instagram, you did message an, an idea, which we followed. So what was that? Have an Instagram poll. Let, let the world decide. Let the people speak. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, well we, that advice we, has been taken, Sarah. So we'll, yeah. we'll let you go and bring in producer Bron, another foolish member of the uh, All Day Breakfast team to uh, give us the poll results. Oh, now? No, the, yeah, no, the, now. Poll's still, no, the poll's still open. The poll's still going. Oh, the poll's still going. All right, well, the polls haven't closed yet. So you're still potentially, depending on whether you're listening to this when it comes out or 
in the future, you've got a bit of time to uh, have your say, Bron. Um, but I will say Anthony this. Green, what, 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 are we, what are we working? <laughs> yeah, you will say what, Bron? I'll say this. At the moment, it's a landslide sour cream <laughs> winning. So me and Matt Mate, are correct. Stop the count. The stop the count. <laughs> what, what percentages are we working with here, Bron? At the time of recording, 77% agree that you dunk sour cream in first. Hey. And 23 oh, hey, it was When I checked, it was chili. at 89% sour cream. So we are on <laughs> no, the way no, back. No, sour cream, do not let this be another Trump moment, all right? <laughs> do not sit back and think, oh, someone else will vote, okay? Yeah. But if you are because doing the we- poll, just <laughs> keep in mind that, Maddie, you know, sour cream is the Trump's and the other one is the Biden's. <laughs> no. Mom the Biden's in this. Analogy. No, <laughs> we need to stay strong. We need to hit the polls, okay? <laughs> we need to vote vote for what is right. Sour cream, number one. All right, Let's well, go. democracy never proved anything, by the way. Um, but we'll see how the poll goes. We'll check back in with you. It's a, a hot-button issue, and if need be, we might have to even talk to the scientists about this. I want to <laughs> oh, see what okay. Dr. Carl has to say about this particular. We've got to get shit. We should have asked Justine when she was on last yep. week. Goodness me. All right, well, the polls are still open. Get on board. Until then, nothing is settled. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Are you keeping juicy gas from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Matt and Alex's insiders. Yes, and today on Insiders, we're diving into a world of sirens, of defibrillators, of gurneys. This is the world of paramedics. Is that exciting? Have you ever called an ambulance? Um, I've never been a, a passenger. Uh, yeah, I've never been yeah. a passenger in an ambulance either. Yes. <clears throat> so uh, that's it. But it is an interesting world. It's one that we could not do without. And obviously with this uh, with this topic, it could get into a few, you know, pretty serious areas. So if you're not keen on it, feel free to skip forward. But if you want to find out exactly what goes on in that ambulance, let's have a chat to our anonymous paramedic right now. Hello, anonymous. Hello, boys. How long have you been a paramedic for? Uh, a year and a half. Is it because you were watching those sort of um, emergency TV shows like RPA, uh, where people go out and you get to see those kind of things? Not really. I didn't really watch any of them when I was younger. I was just kind of like, I want something exciting, mm-hmm. which I think in healthcare, that's pretty much one of the most exciting jobs you can get. Mm. Yeah. Well, talk. About, let's talk about that excitement. All right. Have you ever, what's it like when you're, when you're speeding through the street, sirens on? What's the, what's the, What's the sort of tension like in the vehicle? It's actually not too bad. We're generally just having a chat as we go. Um, When I first started, it was definitely a bit nerve-wracking, but we really don't go that fast over the speed limit. And when we are pushing through the lights, it's very slow, as you might have seen. And Mm. Yeah, it's it's actually more chilled out than you think. It's incredible. And um, being a young paramedic, what's is the first day on the job like? Are you prepared well enough for that moment? Yes, but honestly, when you first start, the logistics is way harder than anything clinical you do. Like, you're finding out how to use the radios and, like, what channel do I have to be on and who do I have to talk to and 
when do I press these buttons? So honestly, that's way harder when you start than any of the clinical stuff. Wow. What percentage of call-outs are absolute bubkus? What percentage <laughs> were you like, what, we don't need to be here at all? Oh, I'd say maybe 10% of our calls are actual emergencies. Wow. Everything else could be driven. Could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not to say you would agree that it's always better to be safe than sorry, yes? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in terms of those that 10%, I mean, how much of your day or your week are you encountering dead or dying people? Um, it honestly depends on the month. You go through runs where you might see heaps in one month. But I personally, in the last few months, haven't had any. Um, I have had months where I have like two or three in one month. But, you know, it just comes with the job. Have you got or been told or developed yourself any great ways of dealing with that kind of um, confronting nature of, of your work? Yeah, I think it's very, very personal as to how people cope. I'm a talker, so I like to talk to my partner after the job or like if my friends are comfortable I'll tell them about it mm -hmm. but I know some people like we have um free psychologists that we can see and stuff so that's awesome but yeah I, I just like chatting to my peers about it mostly yeah and and what about let's talk about the joyous moments then because I'm sure that there is you know there are some probably some horrific things that you have to see and have to deal with and terrible news that you have to sort of relay to people but where does the fun and light come from? Can you think of a particular moment where you've where you've just had a real laugh? The way I see it, it's such a privilege to be able to walk into people's houses unannounced, really, and then be relieved to see you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it makes me personally really happy putting people at ease, even though they might be having a pretty crap day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me happy that they can trust me, even if I don't do anything for them, other than calm them down. It's a great day. What about pranksters? Do you have to? Do you, you ever? Do you ever get pranked? Oh, I know some people do. There was a um, someone called a fake shooting thing. Um, I didn't go to, but a fake like, shooting. Yeah, they oh called through a shooting and they turned up and there was no one there. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! It's, but thankfully, that doesn't happen often at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what happens when you turn up and people don't want you there? I think it's a pretty like common misconception, when I, which I think comes from the media, but we are so supported in, we have police whenever we want them, like we have a special code on the radio that gets them there, and we're fully supported in, like, if you go into a house and it doesn't feel quite right, we're fully supported to leave and wait until police are there to go back in. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, I see in movies sometimes anonymous, all right? Um, notably uh, Die Hard 3, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, where they call in an ambulance to go get someone and the cars follow the ambulance to try and get ahead of the traffic, okay? Use you as a bit of a, uh, a blocker and head for the end zone. Have you ever had a car so sick of the traffic that it's followed directly behind you? Um, I actually would not even be able to tell you because the way our trucks are set, you can't actually see anything behind you. Ooh. So oh, we really? We don't really have a rearview mirror. We have one, but it's only like for a reversing camera. Mm. You can't actually see out the back doors because the windows are blocked out for like privacy. For sure. There's so many interesting things about ambulances. Like I, I um, for a reason I won't go into, I had to call an ambulance for someone, a stranger, I didn't really know them. And the ambulance came 
And then because it was parked on a hill, it was parked on a kind of driveway and then they couldn't get the 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 gurney out of the is it called a gurney? The like the trolley. Uh, they yeah, just Yeah, they couldn't get the stretcher thing out. So that was like it took like five minutes and they were kind of like, oh, and then they had to repark the ambulance again. And the person's on the ground and I was like, I was like, oh, get it, park it. Like, do those, <laughs> do those things happen quite a lot? Oh, yeah, all the time. If it's on an angle enough, the wheels can't, because they come down electronically, they can't lay flat and then you can't release it from the actual ambulance. That is exactly what was happening and they couldn't <laughs> yeah. release. So that happens quite a lot. Yeah, oh, all the time. Oh, oh and it's so funny. A smaller angle than you would think that would make it happen. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, <laughs> if you're having a medical emergency, try and do it on flat land. Uh, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's what you need to uh, take away from that particular situation. Well, look, and, and I mean, do you, do you like it? Do you love it? Oh, I love it. It's the best job in the world if you've got the right personality for it. Like, it just, I get more free time doing this job than I did when I worked hospitality. Well, why? You do you think, just sort of wait for the calls? Are you just kind of literally just Yeah, what happens in the staff room? <laughs> yeah, so we have branches, like they're based out of branches. And the branches have like TVs. Some of them have like old N64s and things like that. that oh, a bit of golden eye. <laughs> we're, we're encouraged to like study and use some skills, like practice some skills in the training room. Mm-hmm. But if we want to chill out, it's more than fine. We have... um. Pretty much every branch has bedrooms for night shift. If we get some downtime, we're encouraged to sleep, which is amazing. I don't think any other job you get paid to sleep. Yeah, and wow. And what, there's incredible. like a big phone next to your bed or something, like an alarm? Oh, we carry um, radios and pages. So the radio is like super loud. I don't know if anyone could sleep through it, but it just like beeps when you've got a job. Yep. And then you talk to the dispatcher on the radio and they'll tell you what you're going to Really interesting. Um, we had a friend who was having a baby recently, um, anonymous, and but a hospital they were going to go to was full and they had to go to another hospital. Does that happen with ambulances? Do you get turned away when you're coming in with a patient sometimes? All the time. So um, Really? Yeah, we have little computers at the front of the ambulance that when we're taking a patient, we press a button and it we load a patient to a particular hospital. So I'll, you know, load to hospital A, this is where the patient wants to go. And it'll pop up saying they're on redistribution, which means they're not accepting ambulances at that time. So you have to sometimes take them like way further away from their house or, yeah. Is there anything like, is there anything where you can override that? Like, you know, a pilot whose plane's about to crash is like, I'm coming into the airport and make way. Do you you get that kind of privilege? (laughs) Yeah, we um we get on a separate radio channel and talk to we have like a person who liaises between us and the hospitals and if we have a good enough reason we can override that and take them. And it yeah. also doesn't matter if it's um code one, so things like um people having heart attacks, strokes, things that you would take in lights and sirens, you don't have to worry, you can just go. Interesting. Ah, good. Good to know. Good to hear. All right. Well, Anonymous, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you for being out there and uh, keeping our streets nice and healthy. It is honestly such a privilege to live in a country where you can come out and uh, help anyone who is, uh, yeah, in a bit of strife, in a spot of bother. So thank you for all that you do. And uh, thank you for talking to All Day Breakfast today. Thanks, guys. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect.
All day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, there's a few years there, probably between the ages of eight and ten. Oh, yep. When, when the old birthday rolled around, as I did have this week earlier, Monday, happy birthday to me, <laughs> that... <laughs> that... Did you have um, a good one? Did you actually have a good birthday? <laughs> you made a little bit of lobster pasta. I thought you said I made a little bit of love to pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what don't what like, pasta what pasta would you even be able to make? Well, I, tortellini. I tell you what, I saw what I could only describe as the French American pie one night <laughs> when I was in high school on SBS Lasagna. on a Friday, and he put a bunch of spaghetti in an oven mitt and he went for it. What? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean he put the spaghetti in the oven mitt? Yeah, and he went for it, and then then he put his thing in the oven mitt. Yep. With the spaghetti in it? Yep, had a little go. And as it that was a gross-out teen French movie, guess what happened next? He ended up with spaghetti in his bit? No, his friends came around for dinner and he had to serve it up. Oh, the, the spaghetti was cooked. I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was dry spaghetti. I was like, that just sounds painful. Be all scratchy. I honestly was, I was so, so confused. Anyway. Hey, hey, hey. I can't tell you. I cannot, cannot tell you how off topic this is. Okay. This is, this is as far as one could get. What we're going to talk about. We're meant to be talking about bowling. I know. The whole point of why I brought this up is because from about, the birthdays of eight, nine, and ten. I'm pretty sure I held them. At, my mum took me to a Milton Bowl. We had my birthday party at Milton Bowl. You nice. get to take home a pin. What? When you go, when you you know you get to, they give you like a pin as a birthday present for free. Yeah, that's not. That's bad. like a happy birthday from Milton Bowl. So I, I did, that's Milton Bowl in uh, Brizzy. So you got two yeah, pins was, at your house still. Yeah, it was around Dad's place for ages. Um, don't know where it is now. It's probably behind where they found the bag of hair. <laughs> Um, Surprisingly heavy bowling pins. <laughs> but, yeah, um, they are. Why are we but, talking um, about bowling, Matt O'Kine? Well, I mean, uh, a teenager in the in the US uh, made history recently. Okay, uh, a couple of days ago, Anthony Newer, right, gets himself into history books by uh, getting the first seven ten split in thirty years that's been caught on TV. <laughs> 7-10. Come on, man. The 7-10 only been made on television three times in the history of professional bowling. Come on, kid, do it. Oh, he did it! He, did it. he, did it. he got the 7-10, Randy! Oh he God. did it! Woo-hoo. My goodness, the ginger assassin just dropped the 7-10! You bet, kid! You bet! <laughs> they were going off those bowling you know, commentators. I love hearing people... <laughs> Get super excited about things that are not that exciting. Now, the seven ten split is when you've done your first bowl and you don't knock down the two furthest pins from each other on yep. the left and the right. You think, impossible to get both. That guy hit one, it ricocheted off the wall, hit the other one down, and he got a spare. I'm shocked by this. I didn't realise they were that rare. Four in 30 years. Well, they do it this, in- on the Simpsons all the time. You'd think it'd be, <laughs> you know... You think it'll be fine. But congrats to him, teenager Anthony Noor. Uh, very excited. He still lost the game, okay, 20, oh. 257 to 203. So it's a little bit of a, uh, um, a bit, 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 un, bit of a shame, but I don't think he cares. You know, he's in the history books. So it really doesn't matter. Absolutely. Um, but 
the seven ten. People might not have heard of it, so I thought I'd uh, since we are looking back at um pasta and bowl, <laughs> bowling and putting your thing in pasta. <laughs> we told unrelated. you it was very off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Since we are looking back at bowling, um, I thought I'd give you, Alex Dyson, the five bowling terms that you may not have heard before. These are all legit terms. Mm. All right. So here we go. Dropping the nickel. <laughs> Dropping okay. the nickel. Also known it? as a Yahtzee. All right, that's when you, do you know what that is? No. I don't know what happens when you drop the nickel. Well, a nickel is five cents. Yeah. You know, so I'm pretty, it's five strikes in a row. Oh. Oh my, he's dropped the nickel. Amazing. All right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sticking to the pins now. Grandma's teeth. You ever heard of grandma's <laughs> teeth? <laughs> yes. On the nightstand next to her bed. Yep. Well, it's, it's, if you've, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit rude, really, a bit mean. Not all grandmas have teeth like this or grandpas, but it's when you have a sort of like a 710, but it's a little bit more scattered. Oh, I mean? okay. It's looking so all it's mangled. Like, it's like 7, 10, and 6. The Collingwood support a teeth, <laughs> as the <laughs> as quite rude people would say. <laughs> um, all right. What about this song? She's given a little bit of body English. What about that? What do you think that means? Body English. He's given some body English. Um, is that short for English mustard? And so he's given a little bit of uh, a bit of flair, a bit of spice. Well, no, close. But you know when you bowl mm. and the ball's already out of your hand, there's nothing more you can do. Mm. But you do a little bit of the... Oh, you move your head. Like <laughs> yeah, if you're playing you're like, a racing game like, and you, you move the controller arms, to the yeah. side. Yeah, And you're just you. doing it with your arms like, come on, get over there, get over there. That's, uh, that's called body English. Mm. Um, there's the chicken sandwich. Okay, that is where you get a strike and then three spares and then a strike. See, you got the spares as the filling. Okay. The three spares sandwiched between the strike. That's the chicken sandwich. <laughs> and the final term is uh, the sassy Susan. Oh, he's just done the... Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, we just saw a sassy Susan. You have made that one up. No, no. Okay, this is... Well, I don't know if someone's made it up. This, this is a bowling glossary that I looked all these up. Okay, the sassy Susan. <laughs> Yep. That is when the ball pops out of the gutter to knock a pin over. Oh, oh You know yes. what I mean? I it's, do. It's, it's I've seen a sassy down the Susan. gutter. You think there's no chance, and then it just goes, boop, boop, and then hits the one pin over. Is it named after a particularly sassy bowler yes. named Susan? I can't remember Susan's last name, but it was in a, in a, a match-winning thing where she won this game by it, – it just happened to go down the – gutter, but then it knocked the pin over, the last pin, and she won. How about that? So there you go. Those are five bowling terms that you may never heard of. Think about them next time you got your 7-10 split happening, and you can get as excited as the, these guys. I feel like heading down the rink now. Is that what you call it? No, the alley. <laughs> the alley. <laughs> Sorry. Well, a lot of bowling alleys have ended up like the skating rinks. <laughs> they, they, they seem to be made of very flammable material. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're putting a bit of oil on wood, there's only one result, isn't there? Uh, anyway, thank you, Matt O'Kind, for uh, teaching us a little thing today. Let's uh, keep this all-day breakfast bowling ball rolling. I smell toast. All right, Matt O'Kind, let's have a chat right now to a comedian who's been doing big things all around the world for the last little while, living in London for nine years, but back treading the boards in Australia. 
uh, both on stage and at the parents' uh, home in Bustleton. It's Brody Snook. Hello, Brody. <laughs> Hello, thanks for mentioning that. That's all right. Well, you Why do mention it in your show, uh, which is called Handful, going at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival at the moment. Um, bit of a change of pace from the, the mean streets of London. <laughs> yeah, so it pretty much went uh, the mean streets of London to the bare streets of WA and now, uh, yeah, Melbs. So I'm very excited to be here. Sort of um, been a bit of a strange year and a half, but I think it has been for everybody. So Yeah, well, it certainly has. Um, and are you glad that you made the decision to come back? I could not be happier, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is probably not the nicest thing to say for my loved <laughs> well, ones no. I've left back in the UK. But, <laughs> I, was yeah. speaking to, I was speaking to Steve Raskopoulos, another comedian from London. He was like, Matt, every – he's like, at the moment, I literally say yes to everything. everything. Anyone's like – Want to go do this? He's like, "Yep, I'm there," and he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Should I go to the beach today? Yep, I'm in the water. Like, like yeah. saying yes because I can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, look, I, you know, we, I've been doing comedy for a very long time, and you've been doing it for a fair while as well. But we haven't actually crossed paths before, which surprises me because. But you started somewhere else. You didn't start in Australia. Yeah. Well, I actually did. Um, I started doing uh, raw, raw comedy in WA, but it was um, interesting because I was actually only home from London for like a six week holiday for Christmas. And um, like many comedians who start comedy, I'd just gone through a breakup and I was like, <laughs> you know what, why, why wouldn't I do something like this? It's ridiculous. So sure. I did. And um, yeah, I actually then had to I had to continue to delay my flight back to London because I kept getting through the rounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, I, I got to the state final and then literally the next morning flew back to London and was like, okay, I guess I do comedy now. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it sort of went from there. So, yeah, technically I, I started here in Australia, but it was very fleeting. And then I think the next time I came back was to do something like Perth Fringe. So, yeah, it's, it has mostly been in London. There you go. And did you talk about the breakup on stage in the in the competition? Was a bit a bit of venting that helped a little bit. Do you know what? I couldn't tell you one joke from those raw sets, <laughs> and I think that's probably a good thing. I think I've actually like blocked it out from shame from whatever the hell I was talking about in my first five minutes. For um, sure. So yeah, but it's actually I was going to say this to you, Matt. It's um. I had an email from your agent uh, at the time, like in 2015 or something, when I was home again for a very fleeting uh, period. And it was to see if I would open for you in Perth. And I was actually flying back to London the next morning and I had to say no. And I was viewing. Because <laughs> oh, that, was like, that's nice. that was like the most exciting thing that had ever happened to me. I mean, I've had some other stuff happen since, but it was still good. That was a good gig as well. You really missed out, honestly. <laughs> that was, oh, it was wall-to-wall -wall Hollywood. Um, yeah, a lot of offers came through after that gig. Oh, there were scouts oh. all through that auditorium, <laughs> yeah, Brody. You would be spewing. But speaking of Brody Snook spewing, Brody, uh, you mentioned in your show, which was fantastic, by the way. I saw it last night. Really, really loved it. You detail one of the, the most brilliant tactical voms that I feel has ever been done. Uh, can you please tell us your incredible technique, which I think could be labelled the Brody Snook technique if you ever need to to use one. This could be patented, I think. I truly believe that this is a work of genius, something that I um, I actually I won't take credit for, which I could do, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> I actually saw this happen, uh, this tactical spew. So basically the, the tactical spew is uh, the technique is down the sleeve of your jumper 
Mm. So arm up to the face, down the inner sleeve of your jumper, and then basically just, I mean, continue to hold your sleeve like I don't do in the store and spray <laughs> vomit everywhere. Um, but, yeah, I actually saw this occur on a night bus in London, and I was deeply impressed, and I decided to adopt that tactical spew on a dance floor after too much tequila. So, so it's into yeah. the sleeve, but you keep your elbow up then and it just hangs in the uh, the little reservoir down at the yeah. elbow. And, you know, if you're going to put your hand down, you're going to want to bunch the sleeve into your fist, which is yes. what I forgot to do. Well, they are, I heard, I've heard of someone else doing this and, <gasps> and, and, they, and then they had to go and shake someone's hand and they forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my story in the show is that I actually started flossing. So <laughs> just doing oh, the sprinkler, actually, the oh. literal sprinkler. That is exactly what happens. Goodness well, I'm, gracious. I'm so excited for Handful to make its way around uh, Sydney and Perth. I've heard that you've, you're making a lot of uh, people angry on Twitter. What's going on with that? Basically, you know, there's a lot about dudes in the show, and I think um, what the what happened with people getting angry on Twitter was mainly that, like, famously, men are fantastic at taking criticism. So, <laughs> Especially the ones that hang out online. I yeah. mean, they, and also they're very good at just re, like, just having reasonable, well-thought discussions about, you know, things. Yeah. And that's something I've experienced. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that was mainly what it was, but it was also like, it, it really showed me that um, that was a reason to be proud of the show. Cause I was calling some people out on some really true bullshit. So um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of liked that. That was kind of better than any review I've ever had is to infuriate people with like, you know, profile photos of poppies on Twitter. So, <laughs> oh, so you, you, you do it incredibly well, Brody. And something I want to pick your brain about, because mm. I remember experiencing this one time and just going, what, what are you doing here? What, tell us about the concept of negging. Because I know it's from the book oh. The Game, but I haven't read The Game, and so I'm not totally around it. I know what it is. I know what it's about. But what is it like from your perspective when you're just sitting there and in the moment you know what's going on? You know the old kind of story of, you know, if a boy's being mean to you at school, it's because he likes you, mm. that sort of thing. So that's why you're getting that negative attention, which I think uh, we as women just kind of tend to just grow up with believing that sort of thing. So I think it's probably rooted in that. But yeah, I've had some really interesting uh, DMs from uh, sort of a lot of girls after the show saying, oh my God, you've helped me really see that, you know, I've been treated badly by this boy and that boy and rah, rah, rah. And um, yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of go, oh, well, that to me, that's my standing ovation. If I can um, help some guy get dumped, then awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much for joining us, Brody. Uh, the show handful is there's still a couple more dates at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival? Yep, so till the end of the run. So last show's on Sunday. Yeah, and then it's on to Sydney and Perth, which I, I cannot wait for personally. But, uh, yeah, all the best and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for having me. What's, oh, wait, what's happened? Ow. No, what, no, ow. What's happened? What's happened, ah, Matt? You started cramp, moaning and I turned the mic on. What's happened? Cramp and my feet are caught. <laughs> my feet are caught in the chair. Ah! <laughs> I can't well, get out. Look. I can't think of a better Look. way to end oh. Matt and Alex no, all day no, breakfast no, 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 today. No, don't end it. It's, uh, we've been putting in I'm such stuck. a big effort today that Matt has cramped up. 
He's been working hard. We've got to get him some salts. Uh, we've got to get him the masseuse. Can we get the, fi- the all-day breakfast physio in the room, please? <laughs> Genuinely on the Zoom screen, Matt is struggling. We need to call our anonymous insider paramedic. Do you want me to get him on the phone? I've got their got number, out. Matt. I got out. My feet got caught in this. They were like this. And I was stuck. <laughs> Your feet went through the stuck. footrest loop of your computer they were both chair. Stuck. You're back in action now. Oh. But we've got to go. We've got to get going. It's been a big oh, show. Please, yes. Go. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. And thank you to Brody Snook for jumping on as well. Thanks again to our paramedic insider. No thank you to the 77% of people who think you put your, your wedge in the sour cream first. You don't have a clue what's going on. We're going to have to really get into the nitty-gritty of this. The poll will close soon, and then we'll see, Matt O'Kine. You've got the world's biggest shovel, honestly. You're digging yourself a hell of a hole. You're looking more and more ridiculous as the day goes on. Well, time will tell. Uh, Stick with us on All Day Breakfast because we've got a big episode for Ah. you tomorrow. And until then, (laughs) from Alex Dyson and a cramping Matt O'Kine. We'll catch you next time. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.